Welcome to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast, produced by Caleb Micah Ministries. We hope God uses this resource to help you pursue freedom found only in Jesus. Well, hey, welcome back to the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast. I'm your host, Josh Proctor. Um, excited for you guys to join us on the podcast today. If you were with us on our last podcast, we were talking through what does it mean for God to be master of our lives, and, and really that's in all aspects of our lives, but specifically, what does that mean? If he's master, meaning things like pornography and sexual sin, they don't um, have the power over me, they are not what controls me, but it's, uh, but it's Jesus, it's his truth, it's his word, that he is my master, and that when I'm walking in the ways that he would have me to walk, that I, I'm not living under um, just the junk that comes from shame. And we're just going to continue that thought today. Um, Just a reminder on the Porn Free, Shame Free podcast, um, we are faith-based, and so a lot of what we're going to discuss today is is found in God's Word, the Bible. Um, And we're just going to go back to a book that we looked at in the Old Testament of the Bible. If you remember, the Bible is divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And we're going to go back to the Old Testament and look at a book, the book of Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 6, What we see is um, Isaiah, the prophet of God, has received this vision from God. We've looked at this passage the last several podcasts. And what we saw was that Isaiah experienced God in his majesty and his glory and just saw his awesome power. And that what it caused Isaiah to say is, woe is me. But in the midst of seeing his majesty and his glory and his power, what does Isaiah actually also get to experience is that God's Messiah, that not only is God this awesome, glorious, majestic one, but he's also one who wants to rescue, redeem, restore, forgive. And that's actually what causes Isaiah to declare, God, Jesus, you get to master my life. Here am I, send me. I don't know what the question is, but the answer is yes. That was Isaiah's attitude towards God. And then we looked at several passages in the New Testament found in the book of Mark, a book that talks about the life of Jesus when he lived on earth in the New Testament. And we talked about what it truly means to follow Jesus. When we looked at these things, that it means if we really want to live, we have to die to ourselves. If we really want to win, or to gain, then we have to lose. We look at this, this idea that if we really want to be first, then we've got to be last. If we want to lead, then we have to come alongside and serve. It's upside down. When Jesus masters my life, it's upside down from what the rest of culture is saying I need to be doing. Today, what I wanted to talk about was specifically What is it that we can do practically, day by day, to live out this life that Jesus is master? This idea that he's majestic, he's holy, he's awesome. I fall short of that. I recognize that. So I placed my faith and trust in him. Why? Because he's Messiah. He forgave me. He rescued me. And now what I want is him to master every aspect of my life. And specifically for this podcast, as it relates to those who are battling pornography addiction, pornography struggle, or other aspects of sexual sin, 
what does it look like for Jesus to master my life? So to do that today, we're going to look at a book in the New Testament that's called Romans. Romans is a letter that Paul wrote. And in that letter, we're going to look at several things in Romans chapter 6. We're actually going to start in verse, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 20. And in there, Paul talks about the fact that the law came in so that sin would increase. What law is he referring to? What he's referring to is the Old Testament law. That if I was an Israelite, if I was a Jew trying to follow the Old Testament law, the purpose of the law was to cause my sin, cause the wrong that I do to increase. And then it says, where, great, where sin increased, grace increased all the more. I want you to think about that. The purpose of the rule, the purpose of the law, was basically to reveal in us that we could not meet that law, complete that rule on our own, that we would need God's grace, that we would need his basically unmerited favor, but also the enabling agent of his Holy Spirit, this whole idea of grace, that I don't deserve it, but it also empowers me to live out life. And so for the one who struggles with pornography, the one who struggles with sexual sin, who's drowning in shame, guys, here's my question. Why are you giving yourself so many rules for Jesus to be master? All those rules are going to do is arouse a desire within you to do the wrong thing. I understand why you want boundaries, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I am saying rules lead to more sin and more sin leads to more shame. So Romans 6.1, Paul writes, Shall I continue in sin so that grace may abound? If the purpose of the law was for the sin to increase, and where sin increased, grace increased, can I just keep on sinning so I get more grace? And Paul says no. In fact, it's the strongest possible no that he could give. And then he tells you why in verse 3 in verse 6, and verse 9. He says, don't you know these things? Don't you know, follower of Jesus? Now, let me time out right there. Maybe you're watching this and you're not a follower of Jesus. This would be the opportunity for you to say, I've stumbled on this podcast. I'm drowning in pornography and other aspects of sexual morality. I want it out of my life. You cannot do that on your own. That only comes through the person of Jesus Christ. And so I would implore you, if you're watching this and you're not his follower, maybe go back and watch previous podcasts on how God is majestic or how God is Messiah. But ultimately, would you come to the end of yourself and say, I can't do this on my own. Jesus, forgive me for how I've fallen short. I believe that you died on a cross. I believe that you rose again. And I want to surrender control of my life to you. Because what Paul says for the follower of Jesus is don't you know that if you follow Jesus that you were baptized into, or another way of saying that is that you're identified with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And he says in verse 3, don't you know that? Verse 6, he talks about don't you know that sin, like, basically has been rendered powerless in your life? Don't you know, verse 9, that sin doesn't have power over you, that death doesn't have power over you? And this is the idea. 
Do you know this? Do you know as a follower of Jesus that the moment you came to faith in Christ, that the old you died, that the old you was buried, and the one who is now resurrected is Jesus in you? See, how do I make Jesus master of my life every day? I remind myself of what I did the moment I said yes to him. That as someone personally who has drowned in pornography, who has drowned in shame, but not just that, who's drowned in things like perfectionism, control, losing temper, but those things don't define who I am. Why? Because I've died to those. If I live in those, it's because I choose in those moments to let sin reign in my life. But as the follower of Jesus, sin does not have to rule. Sin does not have to reign. Grace reigns. That's why I don't want more rules to follow. I want to understand this grace I've been given by God that I did not deserve, but enabled me as a follower of Jesus to die to my old self. So let's look at this in the sexual immorality context, that I've died to pornography, that that pornography sin has been buried. And what's been resurrected is the power of Jesus to help me walk in self-control and to walk in purity. And what Paul asks in verse 3, verse 6, and verse 9 is, do I know this? Then he says in verse 11, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to Jesus. Dead, but alive. But this idea of considering is not the same idea of knowing. It's this idea of reckoning or calculating kind of really processing deeply where? Within my heart. Not just do I know that I've died, been buried, and Jesus resurrected me, that I died to sexual immorality, that that has been buried, and his power to walk in purity and self-control. Do I know this? But now it's like, can I actually consider that and think about what does that mean for my life every day? See, when I was in high school, when I took Algebra 2, we learned the Pythagorean theorem, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. See, I can know what that is, but it was irrelevant if I didn't know how to really calculate, consider, reckon what does that mean with each problem they gave. It's the same thing here. It's not just do I know this. Do I know as the follower of Jesus that I've died, been buried, and he resurrected me? resurrected me spiritually. But do I also deeply consider now, what does that look like in my life? Do I know it in my head? Have I considered it in my heart? And finally, verses 12 and 13, he talks about not letting sin reign in your body. And kind of the way I remember it is, do I know in my head that I'm dead, buried, and resurrected in Jesus? Have I considered it deeply in my heart and now am I presenting my offering to Jesus with my, in my hands or with my life? Head, heart, hands, dead, buried, resurrected in Jesus. Guys, what that looks like for me every day is I have to think about that. Just like we talked about in the last podcast, I got to die today. I got to lose today. I got to be last today. I got to serve today. Jesus, how can I do that? Here's how because you've already helped me die the moment I said yes to you.
So help me die today. Help me be reminded that I'm already dead. Help empower me through the Holy Spirit you put in my life to practically walk out today that you're master today. And I'm going to give you a real practical tool for the person who struggles with sexual sin, pornography, sexting, sex immorality, fill in the blank. I'm going to give you a couple passages of Scripture to look at in your Old Testament, your first book of the Bible called Genesis, about a guy by the name of Lot. I'd encourage you to read Genesis 13 and read Genesis 19. And here's the summary of that story. Abram was the father of God's chosen nation, and Lot was his nephew. And they, Abram set out by faith to go to the land that God would show him. And Lot, his nephew, in faith, followed God as he was following Abram to that land. And then in Genesis 13, there was a dispute among Abram and Lot's workers as they were you know, living in tents and saying, hey, you live here, you live here. And Abram was like, you know what? Instead of us all trying to live together, let's give some space. We'll divide this land we're living in right now in half. You pick first. And here's what it said. It says that Lot built his house or pitched his you know, tent, the tent that he lived in. He built his house near Sodom. And then it says, and Sodom was exceedingly wicked. You'd find that in Genesis 13. What Lot did is he built his house as close to evil as possible. Do you realize that then in Genesis 19, what you find is Lot is seated in the city gate, having conversations with leaders of that city? Then you you see um, people from the city are coming to Lot's house to see him. So he's no longer just living near the city. He is now in like, immersed in that culture. And you know what those guys wanted to do? Angels had come to visit Lot to rescue him and his family from Sodom and Gomorrah because God was going to destroy it because of how exceedingly wicked they had become. God is a gracious God, but he's also a just God. And he was bringing punishment. When the angels came to warn Lot, men from the town came and said, we would like to have sex with these men, these angels that are visiting you. And Lot said, no, 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 no. Don't do that to God's angels. But you can rape my virgin daughters. I'm pretty sure Lot did not win any father of the year contests with this. Fortunately, God's angels intervened and not allow that to happen. Lot and his family tried to flee the city. Lot's future son-in-laws mocked Lot when he told them God was going to destroy the city. He had so no longer been at a place where, he, where faith was controlling him that when he talked about faith, his son-in-laws didn't take him, his future son-in-laws did not take him seriously. They flee and his wife turns back. And God in his justice turns her into a pillar of salt. I know this is a really hard story to hear, guys. It gets worse. Lot and his daughters live kind of in the, in the mountains in a cave. And they decide, hey, we're, we're going to be lost up here. We're never going to get to, to know a man sexually. If we want to have children, we're going to get our father drunk and we're going to sleep with him. You say, how does a person become that distorted sexually? 
It's when a person allows themselves to be completely immersed, completely immersed in the culture. See, let's go back. See, see Lot built his house near evil. Then Lot was in the middle of evil. And now he and his family are completely influenced by the evil. If you're watching this and you're drowning in pornography and sexual sin, you're going to need boundaries, not rules, not thou shalt not do this, but boundaries that say, I cannot build my house near evil anymore. That may mean that my house is not built near social media. I'm off social media. My house is not built from me owning a smartphone. My house is not built from me having a laptop. My, my house is not built through having any sort of satellite or smart TV. And the list goes on and on and on. Maybe I can't stay in a hotel room by myself. Maybe I need a different job where I'm not traveling. Like you're saying, Josh, these are some pretty radical steps. If I want to live a life where I've been dead, buried, and resurrected, if I want to let Jesus be the one who has influence over me, for Jesus to be master, then I cannot, 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 like Lot, build my house near evil. Because eventually, I'll be in the midst of the evil and completely influenced by it. Guys, this is my encouragement to you today, not to give yourself more rules, but to be blown away by the majesty of God. Be thankful for Messiah God who rescues, redeems, restores, forgive. And it's the grace of God that makes that possible. The grace that allows us to declare him to be master, that Jesus, I don't want to be in control. I die to that. I've died. You buried me. And what was resurrected was not me, but you in me. So now that you're in me, Jesus, would you be my master? Would I know that I'm dead, buried, resurrected? Would I consider in my heart? Would I know this in my head? Would I consider it in my heart? Would I present my life with my hands as an offering to God? That my house is not built near evil. That I'm then in the, in the midst of evil and then influenced by evil. No, would I have the courage to say, God, help me draw boundaries where I'm as far away from evil as possible so I can live out this dead, buried, resurrected. Guys, there's a big, big, big distinction from being in the world versus being of the world. Being in the world, being of the world. And here's what I'm saying right now. I don't want you to not be in the world at all. I'm just saying as you are being in the world, please hear me, please hear me, please, please hear me. As you are being in the world, would you say, I want to be building my house away from evil so I'm not influenced by the evil? So who I'm influenced by is Jesus, and he's the one who masters my life. And if I have to make decisions that make myself look different than the rest of the world, then so be it. Because then I'm not influenced by this. Jesus is my master. I want to tell you a quick story about Lot before we're done. 2 Peter chapter 2, it describes Lot three times as a righteous man. It is not my good deeds that make me righteous. 
it is my faith in God. It's my faith in Jesus. Lot placed faith in God, and that's what allowed him to be righteous. Now, his legacy was not nearly what, he could, what, he, what it could have been. But here's my challenge to you. Not only would you commit your life to Jesus, not only as a follower of Jesus would you say, I'm righteous, but would each day you say, he's my master. I'm not going to build my house near evil. I'm going to be in the world, not of it. I'm going to be as far away from evil as possible so I can be influenced by Jesus, so he can be my master. So he can be my master. And him and him alone. Guys, what I'm telling you is it would take great courage to do that. Courage that only Jesus can give. I pray in Jesus' name, I pray, God, by your power, as those who are watching this, would they, maybe not, maybe they don't know you, would this be the time they commit their life to you, Jesus? Maybe they do. Would you help them to see who they already are in you, dead, buried, resurrected? In Jesus' name, would they declare you each day to be master? Would they die? Would they die to themselves? Would they not build their house near evil? so you can influence and empower them, so you can be master. And we say all this in your name. Amen. Guys, can I tell you something? When Jesus is master, we are free from porn. We're free from shame. God's blessings to you this day on your journey to freedom.